On the next episode of Fathers Who Bother, I speak with DJ and producer Static Selector about parenting advice he got from Sean Price, the politics of picking baby names, recording Harley's blues for his daughter, and her song with 2 Chains. <laughs> Check it out. What's up, everybody? This is Jerry Barrow, host of Fathers Who Bother, because we are dad as we want to be. My next guest is DJ and producer, host of Show Off Radio on Shade 45. You may also know him for a discography that's as long as a Target receipt with albums like Lucky 7, Extended Play, What Goes Around, collab albums like Still Blue, Static King, Trill Static, and most recently, 1982, The Quarantine. Everybody give it up to, for Static Selector. What up, what up, what up? <laughs> What's going on, man? Man, I'm, uh, I'm in a productive zone right now. Yeah, I noticed I was I was checking out this this terminology project. I didn't know when it dropped, but I was just going through and I see it's the quarantine, so I'm imagining it was recent. How recently we did it live. We did it live on YouTube um in one night, kinda like the Trill Static project. It was uh March fourteenth, which was like literally the day before we went into quarantine in New York. So Get um, out. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure like everybody that came in the studio that night got uh COVID too. But that's oh no, no, don't don't play, don't play. Basically, for real? everybody that came through the studio that night like later on tested positive for antibodies because we all were sick. And I think I had it like two or three times, but we good now. You good now? Yeah, the, the family's good. Everybody's all right. Yeah, my whole family tested positive for the antibodies except uh my mother who stayed away from us for like three months, and uh, that's a good thing she did. Yeah, yeah, I was, de- my mom, we stayed away from her for a good month and a half because my kids were still in school and it was kind of nervous. I didn't know who had what, and we just said, let's just play it safe. And Yeah, it's really, this, the kids in school is the scary part because kids are really, really dirty and crazy, and they will, uh, you know, they just, they swap germs all day long, and, you know, I think, well, I, I don't think, I know that this is going around a lot, a lot, a long time before we were hearing about it on TV the way we do. Um, like I personally think that I got it in January. Um, we were in LA for the Grammys, and uh, a good friend of mine was really sick, and we told him to come out, and then everybody was sick after that. But um, you know, you you never really can tell where something like this comes from, and it's nobody's fault. It's just now we're in a position where everybody got to just like keep their mouth shut and keep it covered when the, when they're in a spaces with other people and you know hopefully we'll get through it absolutely man i got it got discipline a little discipline and we can get through this man um so let's let's start you know i'm, I'm i was gonna ask how's our friend harley how's she, how's she doing she's great man she turned five last weekend and um, oh happy belated birthday yeah she's living it up she's living the dream i just bought a house as well so she's uh big, she's big, really big. about to have a blast because we were you know a challenging thing, obviously, is um, homeschooling. Mm. But on top of that is my apartment in Brooklyn. We don't have any outdoor space. And mm. that was the most trying thing about all this is, like, literally we cannot step out and get any air without being, you know, on the sidewalk where mad people were. Or, um, you know, it was just there was a good two months where we literally did not leave the crib. I know. I I remember one of your spots in Brooklyn. I don't know if 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 it's the same when you're nah, talking nah, about. Nah, 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 nah. But yeah, that the Brooklyn living, the the apartment living is hard right now. I that's the one thing I'm I count my blessings for, 
that you know we're I'm out in Queens in our house and we have our own space. Yeah, it's it, makes, it, it makes a huge difference being able to just say, "All right, I'm gonna stay in my room. You stay in your room." Just going outside and sitting and like you know breathing the air is so much different than just being in the house. Everybody got anxiety because every time you turn on the TV, it's all fear mongering, mm-hmm. and it's like you know the out having an outdoors, whether it's you know a hundred feet or a, a a forest or whatever you got. Just to, I, you know, I've always been an outdoor dude anyway, so. That was the hardest part about all of it. Right. And you said you've had the house for, for how long now? No, I just bought a house this oh, week. Oh, you just bought it. Oh, wow. Yeah, because of that. Oh, wow. So That's now right. it's like, yeah, you know, knock on wood, hopefully we, it's in contract. Um, okay. We, we basically got it. It's not closed yet, but, um, you know, God willing, we got we got it. And, uh, yeah, we're going to take a little trip out the city. Still New York. Um, just not, you know, in the city. I still got my mother's apartment in Brooklyn. That, you know, that's mine, too. And gotcha. then um, I got the studio in Brooklyn. So I'm, my heart's in Brooklyn. I've been here. I'm celebrating uh, tomorrow 16 years. Nice. I moved down wow. from Boston. So um, wow. I love this city. I love everything about it. I just think we're in crazy times right now, and my daughter deserves some uh, outdoor space. That that definitely seems to be a theme in, in, in fathers I've spoken to recently about wanting to get that that space and that land for their for their kids so let me ask you the question i i I usually start with is when did you first find out that you were going to be a dad what do you remember about where you were it couldn't be crazier man um so we actually went through a really tough first pregnancy Mm. and um you know it didn't work out Mm. my uh you know my girl got a disease called um it's called uh I'm gonna mess this up. <laughs> it's been it. so, it's, it's, fine. <laughs> it's been so long since I said it. Uh, okay. Hyper, I got it. Hyperemesis gravidarum, and um, mm. like two percent of women get it. <clears throat> She's in the bottom of like the point one percent that gets it so violently ill, and basically she couldn't like drink water. She couldn't like anything that went in. She threw up immediately, mm. and um. So, like, the first pregnancy, we didn't know anything about it, and we didn't have any specialists or any of that, and it, went, it just went really bad really quick. Mm. Um, the second pregnancy, so to answer your question the proper way, mm-hmm. um, I was on tour with Joey, Joey Badass, and the Detroit vs. Everybody song was being announced, and I was really excited about it because speaking of uh, apartments and all that, when I moved into this apartment I'm in now, the first beat I made ended up being Detroit versus everybody. And I was so stressed out at the time about, you know, my rent was twice as much as my prior uh, apartment Mm. and all this. And I was just stressed out. And the first beat I made was that. So, you know, it ended up getting, when they announced it, I was like, you know what? We got a day off on tour. We're in new Orleans and we're going to Miami. Mm. Why don't you just meet me in Miami? And I flew to Miami. Um, and we made Harley. <laughs> so, and it's nice. literally like, I didn't even see her any other days. Like it all just adds up crazy. But, um, I, I, had, I was on tour so often. So okay. to finally answer your question, we were on tour in, uh, this is, you know, obviously months later, it was about a month and a half later and we were on tour in London. Mm-hmm. We flew to Amsterdam and, um, I had a dream, literally, and I woke up from it, and my phone had mad missed calls, and I called her, and she was like, I'm pregnant. And um, 
I was just like, it was a, it was, you know, most people would be celebrating and all that, but I was just so nervous about what could happen because I can't, I couldn't go through what we went through the first time again. Like it just took, it took a lot out of me. Right. And, um, she was like, yo, I promise we're going to do everything we can. We're going to specialist. And, uh, the next nine months were crazy, but, uh, here she is, man. So Harley really is like a more than it's more than I can ever ask for. Like I really, that's my pride and joy. That's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So did she, did you do, um, hospital birth, birth at home? Yeah. Hospital. I mean, she was in the hospital for about six months of the pregnancy. Oh, wow. It's like that bad. Like she had to be on an IV the whole pregnancy. Cause like I said, she couldn't drink liquid. She couldn't have food. She was on IV the whole pregnancy. So, um, you know, by the end it was like, she was, she was ready. And, um, yeah, man, it was, did you stay did you um stay home and take like paternity time when she was born or we Nah, I got, I got I'm really thankful for her parents. Oh, when she was born. I was going to say during the pregnancy I was on tour like most of the time. Okay. And, and um her parents looked out for her. They they were doing like when she wasn't in the hospital, she was at their house on IV and they like basically were her nurses the whole time cuz I was on a world tour. I was mm. finishing my album Lucky 7 um but yeah, when when the baby was born, I actually flew into New York um, about forty eight hours before she was born, okay, and uh, got into a crazy, crazy fight. What the night before on, uh, on Delancey Street? It was you. You were fighting, term- or just or just got caught up in a. Nah, fight it was me and Term in a pizza place, and like this dude was talking shit, and I was like, I was straight off the plane. I was twisted. I was feeling nice. And, uh, you know, those are, those are some crazy blocks that I've had a lot of history on. And we just, we just started, like, we got it in and, uh, I came outside and then realized he had people with him oh. and we just got, it was me in turn. We got really, really lucky. Cause I just laid out these dudes and I broke my hand in the fight, Oh my God. ran around the corner, put my hand in ice. And, uh, the next day Harley was born and I called Sean Price to tell him about it. And Sean Price was like, yo, bro, all that shit ends right now. He's like wow. all that. He's like, he's like all that tough guy, all that shit we used to love. He's like, it's done, man. You can't have your daughter calling you. You know, you can't call your daughter from jail, bro. Mm. It's like you know when you when you don't have a kid, it's like you can be as reckless as you want and deal with the consequences. But right. now they're not just your consequences. So basically, he told me all that, and he passed about five five days later. Sheesh. And uh, yeah, he passed right after she was born. Um, wow. So that was really really tough on me. So for Sean. I haven't been in one single fist fight since she was born. And I, I've been on that. And, like, you got to learn to walk away. And that was having my daughter was, like, the the uh, that was the epitome of that. And, uh, you know, I promise, Sean. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. So the la- fatherhood advice from Sean Price, man. Yeah, that's, man. That's, that's golden. I don't think the world knows how great of a dad he was, man. Like, for real. I was at the baby shower because I, I, I thought it was the coolest thing that a rapper that's was doing awesome. a baby shower. Yeah. Um, the one he did at SOBs. <laughs> and yeah, uh, I, I see it just from seeing his daughter and Bernadette, how, how they still uplift him. And Sean grew up a lot. Like the thing is, is, you know, he had a, he has a son that's a lot older. OK, but he was basically a kid when he had him. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, crazy times. But now, yeah. you know, and so many years later, I think with Sean Jr., you know, Sean, his daughter, he got to see a different side of things because i think there's a big difference between having a boy and a girl yeah. but um you know she was just like she melted his heart man mm. 
Speaking of melting heart, Harley has you wrapped around her yeah. little finger. <laughs> What's some of your favorite things about being her dad? Um, every single thing, really, and just seeing, you know, the challenge is the best part because mm. I didn't grow up. I, I have a very, very older sister. She's like 28 years older than me. Oh, wow. So I never was really around a lot of, um, the only woman I was around growing up was, well, not women, but girls my age was like my cousins. Mm-hmm. So they were more like tomboys to me because we would just be rough and all that. I never looked at the the gentle side of life ever in my life. And you, the second she's born, you have to, you like kind of just have to adapt to it immediately. And yeah. uh, having a daughter and just dealing with like little things that you would think you wouldn't even have to deal with till later on, you deal with right away. And it's just like, it's a whole new life. Like what's, what's the first thing that kind of threw you for a loop? Cause I know it, the, the illnesses is what threw me. You know, with the, the when we brought our son home, and he got he had a cold. We panicked. We didn't know what yeah. to do. We went back to the hospital, and we were like, "He lost a pound," you know, because you know they lose yeah. the weight when they come they home. They get a little fever, all that. Like <laughs> the nurses are looking at us like you turn into a straight, like you turn into a, a little girl when it comes to that stuff, because it's like you get so scared when things are out of your hands. Right. But what was what was the moment for you where you kind of said, "You know what? I'm gonna have to just." handle this like okay this is scary but if i don't um, get this right she can't get this right for me she's a baby you know what i'm saying i think uh of the first challenging thing was she did all those blood tests that babies do and one of them came back that there was a possibility that she was gonna have a sickle cell mm. and it was just like that was a scary thing especially after the kind of pregnancies that we had it was like right right like really this and then it ended up being false results. It comes back. Honestly, the doctor told us after they were like, a lot of these come back false positive mm. and she's fine. And, you know, okay. it wouldn't have been the end of the world if she had it, but um, it was just, you know, scary seeing that. And then after that, you know, the kids get sick or they fall asleep in a weird way or like, you know, I'm the kind of dad I go in every night and like tickle her stomach to make sure she's moving like i'm i'm a psychopath like i literally <laughs> if i'm up at five in the morning going to the bathroom i go in and i like just make her move like it's right. I'm just, it's just who i am it's the her name harley yeah how did you guys come come to that to pick that one that was all her mom okay okay yeah i liked it though you know why because this is some creep shit but i know every man agrees with me when they have a daughter you can't name your daughter after a chick you messed with. I never, I, I never messed with. No, it's true though. Terms not in his head like I'm an asshole. But yo, I never, I never messed with no Harley. So it was like, nah, you can't. Yo, you know how many names I couldn't have named her. As soon as her mom said Harley, I was like, done deal. I like that. I mean, just saying. It's real shit. No, it's real, real shit. shit. It's real you can't shit. Be like, I'm laughing because I'm like, I never thought about that until you said it. But yeah, I couldn't have thought of naming my daughter after any of my exes. Like those names were. Yeah, it's not the... that they ever came up. But if my wife was like, "What do you think is such and such?" I'd have been like, "I don't know." You got a daughter and a son. Yeah, like my son's oh. 17 and my daughter's 11. Okay, amazing. So my daughter's Sabrina and my son's Justin. So I was like, um. Yeah, if if she, if she had suggested a, 
a name of a woman that I had dealt with, and yeah, my wife like, has known yeah. me forever, so she knows she knows <laughs> most get of caught the women. up off that alone. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so she knows most of the women that I that I've been with before her or dated, yeah. so she knows which names to avoid. I'm like, what? Because I honestly, conversely, if she came to me and said, "Yeah, I want to name him after some dude that I knew she dated," I mean, I probably feel a way about that too and i'm surprised i'm saying this but i'm just being straight up like yeah let's let's just try some other names let's what about your dad's name what plus it's like i like harley because it's like you know there's other girls named harley in the world but it's like right. it's still rare i mean people name their kid you know there's literally people that look at the list of popular names and pick one that's like the opposite of what i would do right so you did a song called harley's blues from your album eight well, no, that's the second one. The first that's one's the second Lucky one. Seven. Yeah, the, the last song on okay. Lucky Seven is called Harley's Blues, and okay. then the first song on Eight is called Harley Blues. The world could save. Hey, Harley! They really thought that was the last album. What's the name of this one, baby? I select a lot of things in my life, but the most important thing is the static. Basically, the first Harley's Blues on Lucky Seven, I sampled her heartbeat at the um, what's it called? The uh, I always mess this word sonogram up. Sonogram or the yeah, it's not sonogram. there's another word for it too. Ultrasound. Yeah, the ultrasound. I sampled it on my phone and I made a beat out of it. So oh, that's hot. On the, the on eight, Lucky Seven was supposed to be my first. I mean, my last album or whatever, and no one believed me anyway. Right. But um. On eight, I started it with her talking with the heartbeat coming out of it. Mm. It was like an extension of it. But um yeah, it was it's cool to you know, I was just in such a jazz mode at that time too with Lucky Seven that mm. if you go back and listen to it now, you'll you'll know what I'm talking about. But uh it's just it's an instrumental song. Yeah. And then she's um you said she just turned five. Has she heard them? Oh, she, the other day we were in the car and she was all of a sudden she's on her iPad scratching it in the DJ software. <laughs> like she'll just throw it on. That's dope. <laughs> you know, about five minutes after she'll look at me and be like, "Can I get a toy?" Because she knows she's just trying to press my buttons. <laughs> we're like, "Oh, that's cute. You listen to that song?" Then she'll be like, "Can I get a toy?" Oh, she's God. a hustler. Speaking of scratching, there's a picture of you DJing with her on your shoulders. What's the story behind that photo? Yeah, well, no, I think you're talking about the one she's sitting under the table. Sitting, I thought sitting under the table. I swear, there's one with her on your. Oh, oh, yeah, there's one where she. I think it's from the same day where she. Yeah, she's sitting on my shoulders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But there's another one from the same day that's really a, a, an amazing photo that she's sitting under the table playing with uh you know eating gummy worms, and <laughs> it's funny because her mom showed up to that festival that I was DJing, okay. and was bugging out like, where is she? She was bugging out. <laughs> going crazy because you can't see her from the from the crowd or from the anywhere okay. and she's just sitting right next to me she's six inches away from my foot eating you know candy chilling listen to music that's but yeah. how, how have you ba balanced that um that working that dad? well the name of you know what the name of my new album is i've seen the hashtag but you tell me the balancing act. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna ask about that. So that's that's the name of the next project. Yeah, it was named that for a while too. And then uh, mm -hmm. this whole COVID thing, the quarantine and all that, it's like really, really been the balancing act for a lot of people. So, you know, I'm gonna keep that in mind with the 
with the with the album layout, and we're gonna try to like honor some of the frontline workers and all that. That's um, dope. We're gonna come up with some cool ideas. This is my first album, Mass Appeal, as well. So, me, Peter, Nas, like we're gonna come up with some really dope uh, balancing act, you know, spotlights for some of these people that are like unsung heroes, you know. That's dope. So that day you were at a festival. Is that typical for you to have her with you when you're working? Nah, but the thing was, it was a festival. They do, it's like a block party festival they do in front of my studio every year. And she usually goes. And um, besides that, she doesn't. I don't have her come to my actual real gigs. Mm-hmm, but that mm-hmm. one, you know, it's in front of my studio, literally. So, you know, she uh, she's familiar with the area, and it's you know, this it's a very safe environment. And what is it like for her having all of these hip hop uncles? She don't really get it. No, she 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 understands uh, that she knows Uncle Term, mm-hmm. she knows Uncle Joey, mm-hmm. and then um, she knows Primo. She knows everybody, but she doesn't really put it together. She just she sees Joey on TV a lot. She right. sees um you know certain people, Action Bronson. Um, she to to her it's just you know fam. Like she doesn't put it. Like she doesn't even understand sometimes. She thinks it's normal, like, you know, people come up to me in the street or I'll be riding the bike with her and people are yelling at me. She just, like, thinks it's, like, part of life, you know? So it's it's all good. <laughs> okay, I think I see the picture that you're talking about. So what was your relationship like with your father? Um, We were, like, I was really lucky early in life. And, um, you know, he bring me to play baseball, teach me how to throw uh he he taught me a lot of math at an early age hmm. he would uh have me build stuff and like we had like a little work uh like a work bench downstairs in our house growing up mm-hmm. and then my parents got divorced and I, I always kind of felt a certain way but you know he would he still had split custody and he um he would just really drive me to work i was working 40 hours a week when i was like 13 years old wow doing what like anything i could like i was moving um I was I, shit. I worked at a bike shop. I worked. Uh-huh. At, I, I started working at McDonald's when I was fifteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the time I was sixteen, I was a chef at, at Friendlies. <laughs> I wouldn't say chef. Chef's not the word. I was, I was about to say, yeah, bro. not a chef. That's disrespectful <laughs> to chefs. Um, but I, I was never good at any of that, really. Like what I, you know, all that was just to buy turntables and records, and um. Like, I bought my first turntables on my own with my own money, you know? Like, i just always been working. And then by the time I was 16, 17, I was DJing, you know, a couple of nights a week. Okay. And, and, but anyway, when my dad, um, we we really didn't start getting distant until later on. I think it was when I moved out on my own. Hmm. He's a lot older, too. Like, he's 84 years old. Hmm. So, like, we just had a lot of differences of opinion. He was one of those guys that was like, Rap is a fad. You know what I mean? Like, he'd be like, he never stopped me from doing nothing. He would actually drive me to clubs when I was, like, 15, 16 and wait outside until I could come out. Like, he did a lot to support it, so I appreciated that. But mm-hmm. he never saw the vision until, you know, he's in the oil shop, like, getting his oil changed and people coming up to him like, yo, you statics, dad? <laughs> like, that, that changed things. Nice. So he, but, he, he was a mechanic? Uh, no, he actually owned a gun shop, and then he opened a... a he had a, uh, a engineering company that he still has today that does like uh, like really precision engine like metal parts for like anything from uh, 
you know, weapons to cars to, you know, goggles. He makes like really precise little parts that they sell all over the place. Right. Now you mentioned you said if things hadn't gotten distant, are they distant now? Or? Yeah, I don't. We had like a weird fallout um, okay. a couple of years ago, but it's like gotcha. I, he still talks to my daughter. Um, you know, I, I I sacrifice a lot of my pride in certain situations just to make sure she's around things. You know. Right. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. Like, what his relationship is like with her. But I get, they still keep in touch. You can't. Here's the thing, man. You can't make people not be who they are. So it's like you got to let people be who they are. He's never come to New York to visit. He's never like. There's a lot of things that are aggravating, but mm. it is what it is, man. You know, I bring her up there to see him, and I guess that's all I can do. So how would you define your your balancing act? How how would you grade yourself? Would you give yourself a, an A, B, B plus, B minus on your ability to balance? On the ability to balance, I'd give myself like a B plus. But, the, <laughs> you know, as far as not the the shit I fucking make happen, I give myself an A. Yeah. But you know, the B plus is for everybody makes mistakes and, you know, everybody got their issues and shit. So I'm not going to act like I'm perfect because I'm far from that. But as far as my love and dedication to being a dad, mm-hmm. that's an A. Where do you think you get your parenting style from? Is it more just instinct, or do you have you taken notes from your mom or your dad or another relative? Um, I mean, my mother was my best friend. Like, she still is. I moved her to Brooklyn at 70 years old. Mm-hmm. Nobody does that. So I definitely, mm-hmm. you know, credit my mom for the uh, just the love and dedication. But um, I, I kind of model myself more after people that um, that I look up to, like, the dads, really, when it comes down to it, the dads in hip-hop, like, mm. looking at cats like Bun B and Fat Joe and, you know, a term had kids way before me. So watching him go through what he went through to be where he's at now as far as being a father and, like, the good dad gang thing and seeing. I've watched a lot of my friends make a lot of mistakes, too. And mm-hmm. it's just, like, now it's, like, you got to just go hard as hard as you can to make shit happen and and be there and keep your mouth shut sometimes and you know I'm not good at that but I am good at sacrificing to make shit happen and being in a situation that you might not want to be in and then making it work cuz you know at the end of the day nothing's going to stop me from being my, with my kid you know it feel I don't know if it's a function of artists getting older or the the art form maturing but it feels like rap male rappers in particular are just way more comfortable now talking about being parents and just talking about their kids and it's not this weird dichotomy where you watch someone perform and then you never know that they have like four kids at home yeah it's weird though because you know back then it was like i feel like i feel like there's a lot less deadbeat dads in hip-hop now Mm -hmm. they still exist but it's like people used to laugh about old dirty bastard having ten kids, and it was like funny. I don't think that's funny, right? And like it is what it is, but I don't think it's a funny. Like I, I don't think any dad having too many kids that they can't put attention to them. That's not a funny thing in life. And I think we're at the point now where hip hop grew up so much that you know I think a lot of rappers kept their kids secrets or didn't want to talk about them in songs because they didn't want to scare off the girls or this or that. Mm-hmm. All that shit's a dub, bro. Like. I'm proud of Khaled, the way Khaled moves. Like, I remember how much he wanted to have that. And I've watched him grow from, you know, from 15, 16 years ago to now. And people are naming their albums after their kids and shit, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. And there's nothing uncool about just being a proud dad. Absolutely. It, I like that it's evolved so much because I remember going all the way back to, you know, Ed OG, be a father to your child. And then progressively, you know, like Puff was real open about Justin, naming his restaurant Justin's. And yeah. It was just like, oh, okay. And then, you know, Jay. Puff is like the ultimate Mac daddy, bro. He'll have all his kids' moms cooking and not cooking, <laughs> but chilling together, doing Christmas and um Thanksgiving together. Right. He's a G for that. I mean, it's easy to do when you have a billion dollars, but still. <laughs> never easy. It's never easy. Oh, my God. So backtracking a little bit to to um, shelter-in-place time, how, I know some of my friends who had younger kids have had a harder go of it, um, keeping a, a younger kid entertained. You know, how has it been with, with, with Harley? I mean, they. I think all these kids during this time are getting bigger attitudes and getting a lot more, uh, a lot more. What's the word? Uh, brave. Mm. Like I see the way the kids are talking. It's not just. It's all of them. Like we, you know, the kids from her school will get together, and you see the way that they're all like so. The kids don't understand it because the, it's not. First of all, we don't understand it. It's never happened in our lifetime. So. Right. These kids are trying to process it all, and they're all they're learning from now is like YouTube videos, and then what their parents are trying to teach them. Parents are not supposed to be teachers. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not against homeschooling, but I don't think that the parents should have the same responsibility as a teacher who is more of a like parents and teachers are both authorities, but parents are supposed to be more like the kids listen to parents in a different way and i think when you start putting learning in like uh i don't know the word like academics and parenting are two different Mm. completely different things and it's like it's really confusing right now yeah i've been luckier that my kids a little older so my daughter's classes she pretty much handles her own you know they had the 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 zoom class the google play classes my son's starting college, so he was pretty. He handled all the stuff on his own. I told him. Did he graduate this year? Yeah, he's class of 2020. So Damn, that sucks. The, I know, I know. We I mean, had to congratulations. Do <laughs> congratulations. Oh, yeah, they, no, they got the shaft. Class of 2020 got the shaft, something awful, because their graduation ceremonies were, you know, drive-by parades and masks. That's horrible, man, because that was like, that's such a big moment in kids' lives. Yeah. But you know what might be the silver lining in there is I think a lot of kids put so much uh, hope and, like, thought into the senior year and the prom and all that that they don't realize that it's nothing compared to real life. Yeah. And I think, you know, most – if you ever look back at – I look back at high school and most of the kids that are popping at graduation end up not being popping in life. <laughs> Maybe it's a good thing that these kids didn't get to experience it for just for one year. They're going to yeah. go up. They'll definitely appreciate it. I wish, you know, he didn't get to do his prom, but he did his junior prom, so he, he got a prom. I'm sure there'll be there'll be plenty of uh of prom type women in the college that he can holler at. <laughs> you know? I'm looking through your Instagram and I'm seeing this picture. It's so adorable. Static Selectors Ghost Producer. <laughs> that's uh my man Easy Money made that shirt for Harley. Oh, that's so dope. Has she ever intentionally or accidentally helped you with a beat in the studio yeah she did uh the song i mean i don't know what it's gonna end up on uh two chains did a song to it though and she's actually in the beat and she found the sample she what? was just like she was just standing here and 
She's like, Daddy, Daddy, trying to get my attention. I was doing something. Uh-huh. And she put the needle on the record and pressed play. And it was like some jazz classical record. And she pressed play. And right where it started, in the middle of the record, I was like, what is that? <laughs> and I, I, I sampled it and made the song. And I was like, Harley, you got to say something on the beat. And she goes, ow. And I sampled that. And now 2 Chains is a whole song. And when he called me about it, he's like, yeah, Harley Harl's on the song. I'm like, what are you talking about, bro? Because <laughs> I didn't know what beat he was talking about. And he sent it, and I was like, oh, shit. So, yeah, Harley got a song with 2 Chains. Ah, that's dope. <laughs> that's incredible. You got a um, picture here, her with a parakeet, it looks like. Is, um, is she an animal kid? Yeah, and it sucks because I'm uh, allergic to everything. Oh, no. I can't have a dog. I can't have a cat. I can't have a rat. I I think in this new house, we're going to try to have a rabbit that lives uh, in the shed or something. Okay. But, like, yeah, it sucks, man. She wants it. She loves dogs and cats. She wants a dog so bad. And, like, I even tried the hypoallergenic ones, and I just get really sick every time. So, Oh, they have hypoallergenic pets? Yeah. Well, supposedly, but... I tried one when I was 10 years old, and I was in the hospital, and they had to send the dog back, and that's heartbreaking for a 10-year-old. Yeah, yeah. It's better to just manage her expectations rather than introduce it and have to take it away. That would be oof. But a rabbit's yeah, a good compromise. That's that's a good one. Yeah, I mean, she's fine. She got so many toys, it doesn't matter. But, um, you know, she 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 loves all anything small and cute. She loves it all. She'll see a squirrel and be like, oh, how cute. Oh man! Like that thing's a rat with a with a mullet. (laughs) Especially in New York. Oh God, these things I call them scrats. (laughs) You got um wow! I got a cool picture here of her with um Prodigy. Um, Yeah, she man, she knows. Uh oh, I got I try to collect pictures of her with people that you know mean something to me. So right, Prodigy lived next door to us, and she used to see him on the regular. One day I was just like, "Hey P, come inside real quick." And, and uh, we took the flick and all that, but he was around a lot, especially in the final, in his final days. He like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I I know his daughter fairly well. Like I was around her a lot. At the end, he was he brought her to man so many parties I was doing. He actually performed the night um that I signed of Rock Nation. We did like a little uh ce- like celebration at at Ludlow House, and mm-hmm. P came through and performed. And then the next week we did a private party. And then we, me and Joey at that party, he came up and Joey's like, yo, I'm doing Summer Jam. You coming? And Prodigy was like, we weren't invited. And Joey's like, what? He's like, nah. He's like, y'all have coming on my set. And we actually only had 15 minutes on the big stage, like on the main stage. And we okay. gave Mob Deep eight of our 15 minutes. Oh, wow. And P died like five days later. It's crazy, man. What? Yeah. My goodness. That's insane, man. Like, even like... The last time I saw Mac Miller, he was like, how's Harley? Oh, wow. And then, you know, it's just, it's bugged out, man. But, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. That's why you got to really cherish the moments, you know, because you never really know. You never can know. People call you up out the blue, and you just think, you know what? They're hitting me for a reason. Let me let me, <laughs> let me answer this, or let me go see them, because you just never know, man. But I see that you're really making some memories you guys had a great trip to disney world recently what was that like yeah we went we actually went uh last summer to disney japan and then this january we went to disney florida mm-hmm. um but she you know she 
she she likes it all. She loves Disney princesses and all that, but her favorite place in the world is Hawaii, man. That's like her that's her good her getaway. She's been in Hawaii like three times in the last year. It's crazy. I don't blame her. I've only been once and I can't wait to go back. I was working um the junket for the last Jurassic Park movie. That's dope. And I took my wife with me and we usually for the junkets they they you get to stay for like two or three days. We say, you know what, let's just extend it. We'll yep. get another another hotel, stay another couple of days. Cause Every know, time I go out there, I extend my trip. Because <laughs> you never know when you get a chance to come back. It's a long-ass flight, so we might as well make the most of it. Um, so Hawaii, so Disney World Japan? I didn't even know they had a Disney World Japan. Yeah, they got Disney Paris, Disney Tokyo. They got, um, they got a bunch of them, man. But the thing about Disney Japan is the food is absolutely horrible. Japan is some of the best food in the world If you go to the right places But when they try to do pizza And they put fish on the pizza and all that It's not the move Fish and mayonnaise on the pizza right? And then um, Not that food at Disney in Florida isn't that much better But um, In Japan you you wait in line And you get to these rides and then you realize All the like All the character ones They're in Japanese Oh. So it's like, <laughs> try having a four-year-old sit there for 30 minutes and listen to Japanese. She, I mean, there's so much going on. She just loves seeing the characters, but right. that's the thing about going out there. It's like nothing's in English. So she wasn't around for the first Frozen um, movie and all that entailed. No, but but she was for the second. Well, for the second one, did you get hit with the with the Frozen mania for the second one, or was she? That's an understatement. <laughs> That's an understatement. She has every Elsa and Anna toy. Oh, wow. And I know nothing about it. Like, I still, the only things I know is because I went to, uh, I went to, we went to so many Frozen things at Disney in Florida. Uh-huh. But I remember back when Frozen 1 came out, you know, years ago, okay. and seeing all the, me- like, early memes of, do you want to build a snowman and all that? And I was like, what the hell is this? And I never saw the movie. And I think to this day, I've I've never seen the whole movie because that's just something <laughs> her and her mom got into. Right. But with me and her, we watch Ghostbusters every week. We watch all. We've watched every Star Wars episode at least three times. Like she's nice. really into Star Wars. She's nice. into. Uh, she's in the Gremlins, ET. Like she's into all the old school stuff. Did you guys watch Hamilton? Not yet. She's too young for that right now. But we'll get. Okay. We'll watch it. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's true. I figured it's history and hip hop. Pretty, pretty, but like, yeah, it would a lot of it would go over her head right now. Yeah, but Frozen, Frozen Two, man, that I was talking to Royce about that first Frozen run, boy, with the, with the <laughs> Let It Go. Oh my God, oh, she sings it, I, I, man, she sings that song every word, like word <laughs> for word. She's all. I mean, it might as well have came out two years ago because she she acts like it's brand new. That's true though, because with video. Everything it doesn't really matter when stuff comes out because it's still new to the kid. Yeah, they don't they don't care about release dates. <laughs> well, release dates. Um, do we have anything close to a release date for the balancing act, or is that? I want to say I have not said this to anyone yet. I would say um, I would love to say October. Okay, and you know what? It might come in September, but I really say October just because. I want to drop the single in August and then um, see where we go from there. Because I need to hear this Two Trains and Harley record for real. That, I don't know if that's going to be on the balancing act. It might be. If any song off the Two Chains project I got, that song might be 
on there, but I have another record I want him to do for it. So okay, we'll see. Me and Two Chains have at least thirty songs right now. Thirty songs? Yeah, we have a lot. Like, cause we did that album years ago, and now we've just been we kept it going and going and going. Oh my god! Well, he's about to do the verses with, with Ross. This will be out after that. But who do you who do you pick? Have a, you have a choice of picking that one? I mean, when it comes to street records, it's it's Ross. When it comes to turn up records, it's Chains. Okay. Um, I don't know if it's the best matchup, but it's going to be very entertaining. Okay. Well, we'll find out. This will be out afterward, but we'll see if you um how close your your. I don't even is. have a. I don't. You know what? I think this is the kind of battle that. We got to just have fun with it and not like no one's going to take an L either way. Yeah. I mean, instrument. It, when it comes to the songs themselves, it's so beat driven for the both of them. So for yeah. me, so it's, it's really going to come down to the vibe. There's like two or three songs I got with Chains that if he played in that battle, no one's heard him yet. But if he played them, he would win the round with them. What? Yeah, okay. we got some crazy shit. Well, I'm looking forward to the first single whichever that might be and hearing the balancing act and hearing this collaboration between your daughter harley and two chains yo static yo thank you so much for for coming on the pod and sharing all these great stories and just reinvigorating my mission with this podcast because you know i've always felt like you know not just hip-hop dads but because hip-hop is so close to me i felt like the, the the artist I was talking to being a father was becoming such a big part of who they were that I wanted to yeah, just man. focus on that. You know, every time folks were coming through, like Rock would come through to do an interview and Raquel's right there. She's right there with him. So um, it just made sense for me to yeah. do this. And you've just once again reaffirmed that I'm on the right path. So thank you. Absolutely. We need more. We need more people just celebrating the, the, the being of being a dad man it's like it's a beautiful thing man i feel like we not enough people uh celebrate dads and like growing up you know first of all we take a lot of punches and keep it moving like for real for real and i'm not even complaining about it i'm just stating it because it's like it's a thing where like a lot of times you got to just keep going with the hits and shut the fuck up and keep it moving but it's like nah if i see a dude that i'm inspired by i let him know you know for sure, for sure. And we are inspired by you. Thank you so much, man. And, you know, enjoy the rest of this summer. Stay cool and, you know, good luck with the house and everything. Thanks, and man. We'll, we'll, we'll see you on the internet. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to give you an advanced listen to the album, too, man. Beautiful. I'm looking forward to it. All right, brother. I appreciate you. Thank you, man. Peace. If you're enjoying Fathers Who Bother, please make sure to hit that subscribe button and follow us on Instagram at Fathers Who Bother and Twitter at Fathers Who Beat.